heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. Our weekly show on Thursdays at 3 o'clock Central Time. We welcome all of you today. And uh, our special guest today is a familiar voice to many of you. Our very welcome Father Robert Sears, SJ, who is past president of ACT Heals, an association of healthcare providers who bring Jesus' healing to healthcare a former professor at Jesuit School of Theology in Chicago and the Institute of Pastoral Studies of Loyola University, Chicago. He is a much-in-demand spiritual director, counselor, retreat presenter, and writer on various aspects of healing. Father Sears is considered a foremost authority on the family system and healing the family tree and is a featured speaker monthly on WSFI-FM's Healing the Whole Person. And I am your hostess today, Susie McGinn, and so welcome again, Father Bob, uh, and we look forward to his presentation today. We're going to continue our uh, discussion on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and today we have the gift of piety. So welcome, Father Bob. (laughs) Thank you very much. We've been discussing the the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we're considering these especially for our mission to live the way Jesus lived in an increasingly secular world. So we need wisdom and understanding to see our world from God's point of view, and we need counsel and fortitude to have the strength to respond in everyday situations as we are inspired by God to do so. And so we need also to discover our life's purpose and the gifts that we've been given to fulfill it, and that's the gift of knowledge. But today we deal with the gift of piety, which is what we're considering today is the motivation empowering all these gifts. In the beautiful words of an ancient novena of the Holy Spirit, The gift of piety begets in our hearts a filial affection for God as our most loving Father. It inspires us to love and respect for his sake, persons, and things consecrated to him, as well as those who are vested with his authority, his blessed mother, the saints, the church, and its visible head, our parents and superiors our country and its rulers. So he who is filled with the gift of of piety finds the practice of his religion not a burdensome duty, but a delightful service. Where there is love, there is no labor. You know, that that, um, brings to mind uh, something I read recently. about some of the steps to holiness. And when you talk about 
here uh, that we have to have a this Philly relationship with our Father in Heaven, like we prayed the Our Father in Mass today. It causes us to be like little children. This is what God wants. He wants <laughs> us to be submissive to His authority as our fathers, just as we were in uh, uh, little children growing up in our families. Um, you know, I know one of the things you like, Father Bob, is the the, the book, um, the, the Rational Bible that Dennis Prager wrote, the commentary, uh, especially yes. on Exodus. And one of the things he says in there is that God doesn't call us to to uh, be obedient necessarily to our parents, but to honor them. And we don't have to love them because sometimes that's hard depending on who they are, but we still have to respect their position and honor who they are because God gave them to us. And most of all, he gave us his father. And that's where I think our piety comes in as we obey uh, that authority and live under it. it. It's a glorious thing to do. Would you yes. not say? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah because uh, actually the gifts, these are gifts that are primarily from uh, Isaiah 11, the second to the third verses, where it speaks about the gifts that are coming down on the anointed one. Now, Jesus is the anointed one, and so we should expect to find out from Jesus what it is like to do any of these gifts, and especially the gift of piety. And one of the things that we really recognize from Jesus is that he honored his father. He, I, I, I was thinking of the, the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane when he oh, prayed. He yeah. says, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Take this cup away from me, but not my will, but yours be done. Yes, three times he asked his father to take that cup away. He did, yes. exactly. So he's really the... He's always doing, and in John's Gospel it says the Son can only do what he sees the Father doing. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is totally uh, pious in that sense. He's, he's filled with the desire to return the love of the Father that he has received from the Father back to the Father, which is, makes them one. And the love that Jesus shows is the love also that the Father has for us. So he honors us, too. It isn't as though it's a one-way street. Right. He honors us because I, I always think of in Metagorgia, Mary, uh, after all of her revelations, she says, thank you for responding to my calls. They, right. She honors us. She doesn't take our yes for granted. Right. It's a commitment that, that the, she honors, and Jesus does that too. He right. honors us as he honors the Father. Right. right before that, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. We all know um, how he spoke to his uh, disciples there in the upper room, that high priestly prayer. And uh, to enhance what you just said, Father, in John 17, 26, he says, and I have made your name known to them. He's talking to his father. And he says, and will make it known so that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Yes, can't, can't that ask, Can't ask for more than that. <laughs> yes, that's so, that personal relationship we, it, it, we love. I mean, you're just reminding us that that when he asks us to live the gift of piety, yeah. he's not asking us to do something he isn't already doing. Right, 
Right. In other words, this isn't a, this isn't making us sort of namby pambies that uh, don't stand up for ourselves, etc. Sometimes we think of piety, uh, you know, in those senses of that it really is from people who are afraid to stand up for themselves and be strong. But but Jesus is strong, <laughs> and yeah. when he celebrates the gift of piety, the some of, one of the responses that he did was to drive the buyers and sellers out of the temple. Yes, <clears throat> justified anger. <laughs> and it's because of his piety, because of his honoring the fathers. You have made my father's house a den of thieves. Right. Which is meant to be a house of prayer for all the people. And it was brought to my attention by uh, Michael Gately and his uh, wonderful novena to consecrate ourselves to the Father. It's called 33 Days to Greater Glory. He, he, he makes the point that the, 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 uh, the Gentiles had a particular court in the temple, and that's where the buyers and sellers were allowed to do their selling and buying. And so when people came in and wanted to get closer to the Father and wanted to learn how to pray and get the peace of the Father, they were being badgered by all this uh, going on you know that, that uh, so he the gentiles you say the gentiles were in the court of the gentiles yes okay so, <laughs> so that's that's one of the reasons he was so angry because the jews were supposed to lead the, the gentiles all the nations to honor god that they were honoring and they allowed this to happen in the place where the Gentiles could be present right. so that they could learn about God and be drawn to him. I also heard a, a teaching one time on that, that the what they were doing, that exchange, wasn't honest. And they, you know, the coins they were using from different countries, because that's what they were doing. They were bringing the coins from their, their different areas and exchanging them to, so that they could buy things in that area. Just like we do when we go to Europe, we get the euros, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. But they weren't doing it fairly. And that was one of the reasons that Jesus was so upset, because there was all this dishonesty uh, going on as well as well as his yeah. you know disrespecting his father's house yes yeah. and I mean and when we think of that we think of we don't want to just be blaming other people because exactly the same thing can happen with us isn't when we don't honor uh, we don't keep the church sacred or we don't honor Jesus's name or we don't for example honor God through our own actions because uh, God told Israel, for example, in Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, that you have profaned my name among the nations. So instead of honoring, that is, letting ourselves be a manifestation of the goodness of God, our actions give God a bad name if they know that we're religious and then uh, we don't live up to that calling. So it's really very important because we pray the Our Father, your name, you know, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Right. So when he says that, he's really meaning that it has to come in us so that he could be honored. So hallowed be your name, not just by words. It's by our actions that we give God a good name. And so all of that would be piety because we would want to not reflect badly on our Father's name. And that would be true of our parents too, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I mean, in the sense of 
<clears throat> we can give them a bad name just by the way we live or, you know, what happens in our life. Right. I was listening to a talk yesterday on YouTube, and um, it was by a, a priest from Canada, and uh, he said one of the things that we have to be careful of is that it, when we disagree with some of the hierarchy in the church right now, uh, or any of the religious that we don't happen to agree with, it is not right for us to denigrate them uh, in in public in any way, because um, when uh, Pope Paul the Sixth said there was the smoke of Satan had cracked, come through a crack in the church. He felt it was through the priests, and he said it was up to Jesus to do the healing, and Jesus will do the healing of our hierarchy and of us, and he will bring give us that respect and love and honor that we have to give to them. And that, that yes. yeah. That's- it's lovely yeah. because that's exactly what St. Francis did. He would never speak badly of the clergy, even though there was plenty of badly things he could say sure, at the time. Sure. But he would never do that because he was honoring the role, you know. And that's what <clears throat> the commandment you honor your father and your mother. And, and uh, Dennis Prager says, you know, that he didn't command us to love them, he commanded us to honor them. Right. Because that honoring is really what. Uh, is honoring what God has done. It's just this is a church that God has founded, even if we're all sinners, including a hierarchy, that there's nobody exempt from being a sinner. Yeah. And nobody exempt from needing to be forgiven. So we could all say, you know, the one who is cast, you know, who is innocent cast the first stone. <laughs> and right. we'd all get up beginning from the older <laughs> right. and going to the younger and walk away as they did with Jesus. Years ago, so, I was in a, <laughs> a Bible study, that, and um, she spent quite a bit of time focusing on the things that we are by choice and things that we are not by choice. And, you know, one of the things that we did not have choice of were our parents, but they were God's perfect choice for us. And yes, that yes. it was up to us to, to honor that their position over us and yes. uh, I think it, it really woke a lot of people up even if you didn't have a good relationship there's still a duty to honor who they were just because they gave us life exactly. and that is uh, the, our, the greatest gift we have and so I just um, you know uh, there's something anyway. in uh, yeah, I, I, I mentioned that with, with the uh, in preparing the uh, the talk on piety because in a sense honoring our parents is built into us right uh, we might not know it and I I didn't know it myself for for a while but I had to learn it that that we have an invisible loyalty to our parents and so every child actually wants to do good for our parents even if you have all sorts of problems with your parents if other people started talking against them you would defend them exactly <laughs> because you don't because that's an invisible loyalty and i i learned it I, i've talked before about this that when i had postponed final vows for seven years you know and i didn't know why because i i, I was a jesuit and i wasn't going to leave but I just didn't feel right to take those final vows, which would be committing myself for life to the Jesuits. It was your choice. Yes. Right. And I, well, I, why was I postponing it? Well, I got a pre- prayer from my spiritual director in New York, 
And uh, he asked me if I've ever chosen my father. And I said, well, I've accepted him. And he says, no, have you ever chosen him out of all possible fathers? Mm. I said, no, I haven't done that because somehow I got had a broken relationship when I was 10. Actually, he tried to discipline me and I didn't think he was right. And I was stubborn like he is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he just sent me upstairs. But <clears throat> because he wasn't Catholic, I couldn't really talk about spiritual things that much with him because I knew more than he did. He was a Methodist, you know, and you, I wouldn't want to do that. And so I just, just left it there. But then I realized I really hadn't really chosen him out of all possible fathers. And so with my director, I did. I, I said, well, let's do it. And he said, well, if you can't do it fully, you can ask God to do it in you. It's like he gives us his will to actually do on earth what the Father chooses in heaven. And so so we did pray it, and I, I felt it was really effective. Three days later, I woke up and said, now I can take final vows. Oh, that was the release. And I didn't know even the reason, because I didn't know about invisible loyalties at the time. But if I had chosen that fathering community without having chosen my father, I would have felt like I would, my inner self would have felt like I was abandoning my father, and I couldn't right. do that. There was a gap there in your relationship. That, exactly. Yeah. And so whatever... whatever uh, you know, we have to choose our biological parents, even if they aren't, uh, you know, they aren't very good models for us. And you say, well, why did God put me into that family? Well, what family did he have a choice to put you into? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no uh, parents that, humanly speaking, can be good, because Jesus said no one is good except God. Right. And so, basically, <clears throat> we, we're put in the family not simply for what we'd receive from them but but what with Jesus we can do for them and that's why I've gotten so important seeing it so important to choose to have new parents and to be born again from above with Mary as our mother and the Heavenly Father and St. Joseph as our father so that we can do that not just for ourselves but for our parents and all the ancestors all the way back to Adam and Eve you know because ultimately we we have to be born as Jesus would have wanted us before we sinned and that's who he prepared Mary without sin and Joseph who was purified most likely in the womb early like John the Baptist so he could be a perfect representative of the father in the holy family right. so that's piety in a sense that's why Jesus has that great sense of love for his father and for Mary and for St. Joseph there one, two, three in, in, right. in the hierarchy. The Holy Family, so, for sure. Right, because the, the, St. Joseph is the patron of the church. He, mm. So he's the, the father figure for the church, the spiritual father of the church, so to speak. You know. I think one so, of the things, too, Father, that piety gives us is a desire to please God. And I, I think that kind of sums up what you've been saying in yes. our, the attitude towards our God-given parents. It's a very, it's a very holy thing, uh, yes. the, the, our, our parents. And uh, they, I remember at one of my son's wedding, uh, his brother, my other, another son, was giving the toast, and the first thing he said when he stood up was, choose your parents well. 
<laughs> that was the first thing he said, which I was, no, but uh, which of course was a little tongue in cheek, obviously. But um, but you know, in a sense, um, even though we don't choose our parents, we do choose them because we choose what God chooses for us, and that I think is um, it's a very important thing. What more can better thing can we do than agree with God as to what He did for us? Even if they're not perfect people, there are no perfect parents, right? And right. and no perfect children. But there's a, God gave them to us and who they were for us, for uh, His glory and for our redemption in uh, through Jesus. And so yeah. I think it's. Um, uh, th- that relationship is is so holy, and a lot of times we look at it at kind of on an earthly, everyday sort of way. But it is, uh, it's an eternal um, choice you, you made. You you're making a good point there that the gift of piety isn't a gift of of human virtue; it's a gift from God. Yeah, and basically. Uh, it's a gift of honoring God in our parents. So it's not as though we're saying that they're they're the, the holiest people. They're the right people for us because, you know, I've learned so much from just some difficulties that I've had because of the parents. You know, in other words, the Lord wanted me to do, obviously, healing of the deeper wounds of the generational systems etc so I had to know about the fact that I could make a decision in the womb and I had to know that 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 was a place where I had to help other people make new decisions in the womb Mm -hmm. because if we don't change our decision God can't change it either because he honors our freedom and we might not even know we made the decision I didn't know had made the decision not to choose my mother I I won't be a burden that is I basically was protecting my mother from me from the womb on and I didn't know that until I was prayed for for other people who were in act heals that that did do healing prayer just like I was learning and uh, somebody got burdened and I said it just dawned right on right in my hand I said in the womb I won't be a burden so how did I know that I don't know but the spirit knows everything from the beginning. The body can't remember it, it can't recall it, but the spirit knows it. Absolutely. And so when we, we when we make a decision like that, it will be effective. And so in a sense, I was saying I didn't need a mother. Well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we, and and we, we need we, our blessed mother. We do need mothers. <laughs> and it led to a deep depression in the sense of uh, a total... Uh, incompetence in everything because I didn't even know what that re- was about but later I realized it was because I couldn't make my mother happy if I couldn't make my mother happy see ch- children try to make up for what their mothers are looking for father can we continue too. yes let's this is so interesting and I'm sure encouraging to many let's continue this I hear that familiar music we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with father Bob Sears in just a few minutes
The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. A prayer for deliverance with Father John Grigas, the rector of the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe at Marytown. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the New Age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters, and families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices, and we invoke Mother Mary also in all the saints, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners, and may they be broken in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May He send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them, and may our Mother Mary place her motherly mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall. Amen. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Welcome back to Healing the Whole Person. This is Susie McGinn, and our special guest today is Father Bob Sears. And uh, uh, before before we go on, Father, we always like to take a little uh, a few minutes here to give some of the prayer requests that have been uh, sent in by our listeners and mm-hmm. uh, by our local people and ask you to pray for them before we go on and continue our discussion on the gift of piety. And so, uh, Father, we'd like to pray for a young man named George, another one named Bob Simon, a baby Roberts uh, who uh, was uh, taken away from her adoptive parents uh, and um, the parents were accused of um, abuse, which is not true. So we're praying that she'll be returned quickly to her parents. We're praying for Maria, who's been diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Uh, we're praying for Gina and uh, the healing of her infected ankle. Uh, and uh, any other uh, prayer requests, Father, that um, you may have, we ask you to hold them up for us. Okay, so, Lord, we just bring all of these intentions to you. You know what George needs, Lord, and so we, we pray for his healing. We know, Lord, that you came to bring healing, uh, not just for the body, but for the soul. In fact, everything is oriented towards the soul. But part of what we would get if we were healed, Lord, is that we would be 
deepened in our love for you and that ultimately that love which is grounding our whole being is the healing not just of our spirit but it will work out in healing of our body too so we ask that you increase his love of you in gratitude that you have already forgiven him and for bob simon also we ask that you would just bring healing to him in his body his soul his spirit in every way that he would be grounded in your love because that's what you have come to show in Jesus. He healed so many people as an extension of the Father's desire to heal us all. And so we, we pray also for baby Roberts who is taken from her adopted parents that that would be reconciled and that, that she, he would she would or he or she baby roberts uh, we don't, i don't know whether it's a boy or a girl but anyway we give that baby back to the adoptive parents and that they could she could grow in the, the love of god and then we pray for marie just breast cancer lord whatever the source of that cancer is we just bring it to you as that you would release it in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen and we pray for gina who who is infected, and, and I forgot the actual... Uh, uh, An ankle, yes. Ankle infection, yes. that's what it was, okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, <clears throat> pray for her, and to, I always look at uh, the body as also symbolic of some things, so sometimes when it's our ankle getting healed or our legs getting healed it might be our foundation that needs healing in a spiritual sense you know so I don't know if that's true or not but it often seems to be a breast cancer for example can be healing of our mother wound or other things like that so I always let the body speak to me because I had tongue cancer and I never smoked wow. <laughs> and I said how did I get that and and what came to me is that I didn't speak my pain you know it was like that early pain and I didn't speak it so it, it led me to realize that I needed to get healing for my attachment wound you know that that to my parents and so it did motivate me to get the healing from a group for that was with for several years okay. you know just to to get healed in the attachment pain because it was something that was telling me my my tongue was not getting the was not sharing the pains that I was going through and everything to get healed needs to be brought out into the light of love when and you so say uh, you did healing is yeah. a, a relational thing yes what is me? what does that mean father when you say you didn't speak the pain you you just well ignored I didn't even it know about it for one thing but also I didn't speak it because I didn't share it the pain of not having that relationship with my mother that that you know that's primal pain it was so much that i didn't really get to the root of it until i was 85 <laughs> i'm now 86 oh, so. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> I, we would never words, believe that after I, made, I realized i hadn't and uh, i said i won't be a burden it, i took that back and so god could give me healing people that help me but it, i realized in a, a later episode that that uh, i was still protecting my mother by trusting God and so I had to let myself be a burden to my mother I had to not resist anything that God was giving to me because he has a solution for everything that he allows to happen in our life yes, yes. and it's out of love he can only allow it to happen if he means to bring good out of it yeah, absolutely so that's yeah. hard to get in right away and we shouldn't be 
we shouldn't be uh, down on ourselves or unforgiving of ourselves because we probably did the best we could with the knowledge that we had. But just realize that everything that God has allowed to happen in your life, he means it for good because God is love. He doesn't punish, he instructs. Right. He gives us consequences, as Hebrews says, what son is, uh, you know, if, a, if the father doesn't discipline the son, he's, he's not a true son, he's a bastard, you know, he's, he's illegitimate because the father, by loving us, wants us to grow up into the fullness of what we could be and which would make us the most happy if we did do it. So we, we always want to cooperate with whatever the Lord gives to us, and that helps the healing to take place. If we resist it, we're going to be, resi we're going to be doing what we want to do. So as somebody said, we shouldn't have any effort, force, or resistance. We should basically just ask God to show us what he means by letting whatever happens to us happen right. and then cooperate. I think St. Paul gives us um, a lot of comfort in that area. Um, in Romans 8:28, which is so familiar to most of us, it says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those Amen. who are called according to his purpose. And for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that Amen. he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So that's Amen. what you're saying, that it's through the sufferings, through these things that he allows in our lives, that we become more conformed to the image of his son. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah. In fact, I wanted to make one point, too, that's important with piety. It's not just about our, our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with all people because of God. Right. So we, we honor one another. We honor our leaders in, the, in our church, in the, in the society. Jesus said to Pilate, remember, when he was, uh, you know, didn't you know I have the authority to put you to death? And Jesus said, you would have no power over me whatsoever were it not given to you from above. That's right. Therefore, the one who handed me over has the greater sin. So basically, it's not, and Pilate, you know, he went out and said, I don't find any cause to, for him to die, you know. So there was, the Jewish leaders at that time were uh, just, they were, didn't, Jesus didn't fit their idea of what the Messiah ought to be. You know, first of all, he came from Galilee, and as, as somebody said, Nicodemus said, you know, can anything good come from Nazareth? You know, right. no, that was, uh, that was uh, Nathaniel. Nathaniel, who said that, right. But uh, Nicodemus came braving the animosity of the other leaders, you know, uh, just to find out. And so he gradually really became a believer and was one of the ones that helped in his burial. So it's it's like it's it's possible to do that to realize that God would come this way, and notice the way God came. He, he he's not uh, he's not coming as a victor. He's coming as one who is going to be ultimately cast down. And his humility is a great part of what piety would be because uh, you brought that up, uh, Susie, in the beginning there. That that the piety is in a sense recognizing that we are humbly 
dependent on our parents for life and on Heavenly Father for our guidance, etc. And Jesus himself was equally devoted to his parents. The one thing we know about his uh, hidden life after he was found in the temple, and he was there because of his father's business, being in his father's business, he went down and was obedient to them. Yes, and he grew and he, in he, wisdom, age, and grace, right? Before God and men, yes, exactly. Yes, So he yeah. recognized his parents as gifts from the Father right. and equally devoted to them. So he was seeing, and, and Pilate himself was a gift from the Father. Everybody was. In fact, the leaders of the Jews were the gifts because if he wasn't handed over, we wouldn't be where we are today he was handed over and he let himself be handed over he didn't resist it he says don't resist evil but overcome evil with good so he doesn't resist it but he doesn't just be a doormat either he brings up the truth to people and shows them what they're doing so that they can convert Mm -hmm. like with the man who struck him he said if I did evil bear witness to the evil if not why did you strike me? Right. right. And even the cross is to say, why did we put him to death? He didn't do anything wrong. What is, what is it in us that resists surrendering our life to God? What is See, Jesus, Jesus is really counter-cultural, isn't he? He's, he's coming from the Father. He told Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would be working to free me. My kingdom is not of this world. And that's what we have to learn mainly, that since his kingdom is not of this world, we are not to be grounded in this world. Right. We're to be grounded in eternal life, even now. Paul says that we were baptized into the death of Jesus so that we could live from the resurrection of Jesus in Colossians, if you look at the text there. Yeah. So it's, it's, and that's the hard thing for us because our whole culture seems to be so focused on this life that they're pushing God right out of it. Oh, for and sure. Now, and now we can choose whatever we want and there's no, no limits to it. Well, good luck. <laughs> you still have to face God's judgment. And he's not going to be persuaded by your ideas. He's He's got one order in the universe, and that's what we're to live by. And otherwise, we're going to be uh, judged. And, you know, the, we need to realize that that if, if God is just, that justice will have to be carried out after death because so much is unjust here people are getting killed or unjustly uh, taken to court or unjustly treated for it's their work or whatever it's exhausting isn't it yes Unju- injustice here is rampant mm-hmm. it is but it doesn't help to just fight it it helps to deal with everybody with love and forgiveness etc but if they don't take it then they they react strongly against it that's going to help you. As Peter says, when we are rejected because of doing good, then we are actually being brought closer to Jesus because that's what he was and he lived it. Yeah. Um, Father, I think um, maybe it was a misconception on my part, but when I think of piety, and I think some people too, they think of um, our prayer lives. 
and uh, you know how they affect uh, our everyday lives and you know what what we should do because we think of a, of a pious saint we kind of picture them in prayer their eyes raised just you know uh-huh. um, meditation um, of course spiritual reading um, uh, for us maybe a mass attendance of course a f- a focus so much on our Lord's presence in the in the Eucharist the source and summit of our faith all these things um, what what do those have to do with piety? Those well, um, and I think as I was uh, reflecting on it, we do have to grow in piety. So piety is uh, ser- serving God out of uh, love. So it's not a problem. It's not just carrying out practices. I did that in the novitiate. I carried out all these practices, and all I found is that I, I grew to be judgmental of other people who weren't doing it. You know, it's kind of like it, it wasn't <laughs> wasn't helping me to grow in love of them. Just your ego. Helping, <laughs> helping me to, to feel yeah. like I was kind of living up. So the focus is on my practices. So practices are a way of growing in piety, you might say. But ultimately, it's it's falling in love with Jesus. And, right. and if you know, I was thinking of that in light of uh, you know a, a, a book by uh, on the the different qualities of Jesus, the zeal, the humility, and the mercy of Jesus, because the early when 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 the disciples were shown Jesus by John the Baptist. They went and they stayed with him, and they got excited, and Andrew went to Peter and got excited, etc. In other words, that was the meeting of Jesus as a person was drawing them into love. And that love was really the motivation for their service in following him. They didn't really learn it very well until after the gift of the Holy Spirit came down on Pentecost. But they they wanted to and Peter loved Jesus even though he fell flat on his face you know by denying him he loved him and that that moved into I'm sure a place of total honoring of Jesus after he realized what he did and so he needed to be humbled so there was a growth process and I needed to be taught that I couldn't get healed by trying harder. I couldn't get healed by trying to figure out how I got messed up, even though that got me interested in psychotherapy, <laughs> and that, which was very important because I used that as one of my dissertations, you know, the theology of the Holy Spirit and its relevance for evaluating psychotherapy. So basically, but I saw that Jesus and God are the ultimate healings, and that's the reason any therapy works, that it's cooperating with the love of God working in our life, transforming us. And so when when we deepen at that next stage of realizing that, that it's out of love that we're doing these things, it's not we're not thinking of ourselves, we're thinking of honoring God by letting God shine through us, or we're honoring God by healing his people and caring for them like he does, like Jesus said on the cross, I thirst, you know. So we're thirsting for more people to to love him, and so if we could get caught up in that, that's what the piety, true piety is. Right. It's, it's not a- just deeds, it's, it's uh, our personal transformation through whatever we do. So Ignatius would say, for example, that one of the criteria for any action is that we would be get, bring us closer to God. Right. Would, it would uh, give us a deeper s- relationship and love of God. Right. It was um, 
Mother Teresa said, "We don't. Uh, is it we have? To, God doesn't call us to be successful, but to be faithful." And yes, also, beautiful. I think she also said, "Doing ordinary things in an extraordinary way." Yes, beautiful. And and yes. I think that you know that that's what comes from piety is wanting to to serve our brothers and sisters and bring them all into the kingdom, uh, in. Uh, for all eternity that that's where our heart is and but sometimes like you said we see so much injustice in the world it's hard not to dislike these people that we where we see the this this injustice we have to remember that god is allowing them to do that and that's their background yeah and so in some ways Evil has to be revealed in order for goodness to triumph. Right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so they are, like even Judas, by handing Jesus over, is one of the motivations for our getting healed. Yeah. So Jesus had to be handed over, and he said that himself. It must needs be that the Son of Man be handed over, but woe to that one by whom he's handed over. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now is, can Ju- Judas still be forgiven? I hope so. Uh, I don't. I don't judge anybody in that no. sense because God let it happen. So he, he, nobody can do irreparable harm because everybody has a freedom to accept and use it for good whatever God allows to happen in their life. That's right. That's right. And um, people grow to be martyrs because of the sin of the Native Americans who killed them or whatever. You know, sure. it's kind of. <laughs> it's all, all in, and how we learn how to handle the things that God does allow in our lives. And Amen. and I'm reading a book right now called The Land Between. It's not a Catholic book, but it's a but it's a book that uses the metaphor of um, the I mean it's not this is not a metaphor, but the time between the for the 40 years in the desert that the Israelites had. How did they handle that time because it was so different from their years of slavery? But there were times when they wanted to go back to their flesh pots in uh, in uh, uh, Egypt. They wanted yes. their old lives back, but they didn't realize what they were were headed for, the land of milk and honey. And uh, so what? There we have a lot of those 40 years of deserts in our lives. How do we handle them? And yes. um, do we come to them with gratitude and thanksgiving? And, you know, um, it just reminds me... Um, of um, when Moses uh, was met by our Lord uh, in uh, the burning bush, uh, there's a beautiful quote from uh, that. Actually, it's in Dennis Prager's book too, but I've heard it before by Elizabeth Barrett Browning, and it says, "Earth's crammed with heaven, and every uh, bush a fire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes." Uh-huh. And Beautiful. I just, yeah. I just love uh-huh. that, and it, um, and so I have it on my wall in my kitchen. It's all scribed up there, you know. So, uh-huh. I, but nobody has to take their shoes off. You know? <laughs> but, uh, uh-huh. but I, I hope they look out the windows and look around and say, yes, heaven is here, and heaven is here. And uh, I just thank you so much for being with us, Father. Today, I thank mm-hmm. you for this um, beautiful teaching. Uh, I have chills listening to you, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so. and well, there are three octogenarians here talking about.
piety. Maybe we know a little bit about it after so many years. <laughs> but we're always learning. That's the beautiful thing, you know. So okay. thank you, and we'll now, look me, forward to you. Let me pray for this prayer just to kind of conclude for us today. And a blessing, so, too. Yes, please. Come, O blessed spirit of piety, and possess my heart, and kindle therein such a love for God that I may find satisfaction only in his service and for his sake lovingly submit to all legitimate authority. Amen. Amen. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon all who are listening and are participating and remain forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.